After the 120 or 140 that were kidnapped the other time, another student, I mean, it's gradually becoming like a norm in our country. Psalm 24 verse 7 says, Lift up your head, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? There was contention. They were contending and asking, Who is this king of glory? God said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And Pharaoh said to him, Who is this God that I should let his people go? The people doing this in this country, what they are saying, is that there is no God. What they are saying is that who is the God that can challenge us? I want us to lift up our voices this morning and say, Father, arise in your anger and bring destruction to the camp of this kidnapper in the name of Jesus. Show them, oh God, that you are God, that you are God over Nigeria. Let there be an end of kidnapping in the name of Jesus. Let every gentleman lifted up in this nation that the King of Glory will come in. We say enough is enough in the name of Jesus. Everyone challenging the authority of God in this nation receive the anger of God in the name of Jesus. Lord, bring confusion to their camp in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. As I was listening to it on the radio, they invited the president of Khan, Kaduna Chapter, whose son 
narrowly escaped from those kidnappers because his son was in that school. And he said that this is all a joke. Governance has become a joke. That kidnappings after kidnappings, all you will hear is the governor issuing a statement that we have heard what happened and we are concerned and appropriate actions will be taken and no action is taken. I want us to pray that prayer again. They are saying there is no God. Lord, arise in your anger. Vex them in your sore displeasure and show them that you are God over Nigeria in the name of Jesus. No more of this nonsense in the name of Jesus. Fight our battles, oh God. We have no other God but you. Lord God, we ask that you bring confusion into their midst. In the name of Jesus, deal a blow to them, oh God, that they will never forget. In the name of Jesus, that your name be glorified. Thank you, Father. And so shall it be. In Jesus' name we pray. Again, last week, I heard in the news that the Delta variant of the coronavirus has entered Nigeria. God has been our savior. God has been our keeper. I want us to pray that God will neutralize the contagion of this Delta virus in this country in the name of Jesus. It will not spread. They say it spreads very easily, but it will not spread. God will neutralize the contagion of this Delta variant in the name of Jesus. It will have no effect on God's people. It will have no effect on Nigerians in the name of Jesus. Lord, by your power, by the blood of Jesus, let the contagion of this Delta virus, this variant, be neutralized in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord, for hearing our prayers and answering in Jesus' name. Finally, Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Strength is health. One will pray this morning and say, Father, let your joy trigger health in the lives of any member of this parish that is sick in the name of Jesus. Let their recovery be speedy in the mighty name of Jesus. Any member of this parish that is sick or hospitalized, that is sick in the body, that is afflicted by one disease or the other, Lord God, let your joy trigger health in all of our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, thank you. Thank you for arising for us as a nation. You are God over Nigeria. Every mocker will be put to shame in the name of Jesus. Thank you for neutralizing the contagion of this Delta variant of COVID-19 or coronavirus. Thank you, Father, by the blood of Jesus, it shall have no effect on us in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for deliverance, for healing, for every member of this family, every member of this parish, and everyone connected to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Please, before you sit down, let's give a clap offering to Jesus for the choir. This morning they were spot on. The, 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 the song of worship that Sister Dio took, the last one, we did not discuss it. I'm not sure they know in what perspective I'm going to take to this prayer. But she just, today's a message, but she hit it on the head. Let's give Jesus a clap of him. God bless you all. God bless you all. You'll get better and better.
the anointing upon your lives will increase in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, um, we will in the next three or so Sundays be talking on being rooted, rooted. And uh, it will be discussed, I believe, from different perspectives. Um, uh, like had been announced, next week we'll be having one of our provincial pastors uh, as a guest. Uh, he, he will be coming to bless us on this one topic. This one topic that I feel, I, I honestly, honestly feel that if only one message were to be preached in this year 2021, this should be the only message preached, being rooted in Christ or being rooted as Christians. So uh, you can title today's message, Rooted in Christ, Dash, Worship. Rooted in Christ, Dash, Worship. Or in bracket, worship. Rooted in Christ, worship. So we'll be talking specifically about worship. Father, we thank you. Breathe upon your word this morning. Let your word have clearance and let it have entrance into our hearts to take deep roots and to produce fruits to the glory and to the praise of your name. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to jump into it very quickly. To be rooted in Christianity is um, becoming a worshiper of God. Worship, I would say, is fundamental to the success of your journey as a Christian. Let me put it that way. Yes. It's, it's fundamental. It is, it is part of the ground floor, part of the foundation for our success as believers. So, I would say that worship is the personal act of praising God and honoring Him. Can I repeat it again? Worship is the personal act of praising and honoring God. Mark those two words, praising and honoring God. That, that is the clearest and perhaps the simplest definition I can give to worship. So the first question has to be, why do we worship? Why do we worship God? And the answer is also very simple. We worship God because he is worthy of worship. He deserves worship. God deserves worship more than anything or anyone, anywhere. God created everything and does not need anything. Did you hear that? God created everything and does not need anything anything. But although he may not need anything, although he may not need worship, it is something that he wants. It is something that he desires. And this is what the scripture said in John chapter 4, verse 23. I will read it from the NIV translation because it brings out what I want, the message I want to pass. John chapter 4, verse 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. In the spirit and in the truth. Now hear this. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. So there are kinds of worshippers that God seeks, and there are kinds of worshippers God is not seeking. This should be enough reason for every one of us to become a worshipper of God. If you want God in your life, worship Him, praise Him, and honor Him. God does not want us. He does not want you to be an observer. He does not want you to be a spectator. He wants you to worship 
Now, how do I say this? Worship has different expressions. Different expressions. Partaking in Holy Communion is worship. Paying your tithe is worship. Because remember, I said praising and honoring God. I am not one of those who believe that you are compelled to pay tithe. But I believe that paying tithe honors God. God loves it when people honor him. Serving in church is worship. Walking in the kingdom of God is worship. Having a quiet time is worship. So there are so many areas of worship. But today I want to tighten the focus and concentrate on corporate worship. That is the worship we do in the sanctuary. Our first glimpse of God, our first glimpse that we get of God is in Genesis chapter 1. Throughout creation, in Genesis chapter 1, God talked to himself. Maybe that should bring some comfort to those who are in the habit of talking to themselves. You are in good company. One day I was walking down my estate and I saw a young man. He was just talking. No earphone, no phone, nothing. So I knew he was talking to himself. So if you are in the habit of talking to yourself, you are in good company. God talked to himself. Don't take everybody who talks to himself as mad. God talked to himself. God created the heavens and the earth and light. And he did all, all of that by speaking it into existence. God simply said, let there be. And by his word, it became. So to understand how much speaking means to God, think about this. God was verbal even when there was nobody to hear him. It tells you how important speaking is to God. God could have thought creation into existence, but rather he chose to speak it. Don't you think so? He could have just thought it into existence. In his mind, let there be trees and trees will appear. But he spoke it. Are you with me this morning? God was setting an example for even us who were not created then. An example that we could follow. Am I making sense this morning? So, what am I saying? We, we create our worlds, worlds, by our words. The words that we speak. Because we are created in the image of God. The words we say either get us into trouble or get us out of trouble. The words we say get us into marriage and regrettably can also get us out of marriage. The words you say create your world. That's why worship involves words and not just thoughts. I want you to note that. Worship involves words and not thoughts. Yeah, thoughts is included, but word, words that we speak out, they are very fundamental to worship. God created the seas, God created the moon, God created light. All by what he said. He made all creatures, great and small, not by thoughts, but by speaking. So God is verbal by nature. And that is why our worship involves our speaking to God. When we pray, our prayers are mostly words that we use. We sing songs also, mostly using words. You read the scripture aloud, you use words. By the way, God is multilingual. As long as it's a medium of communication, God understands it. 
Know this. God wants to hear your words in worship. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That is worship. God wants to hear your words in worship. I need you to understand that God created us in his own image so that you and I will have a voice. That is that song of worship that she took today. So that you and I, I snapped a picture of it. Well, I'm sure you understand. God created us so that we will have a voice. Our voice means a lot to God. So if, if you are one of those who do not say a word in church, God wants to hear your voice. God wants to hear your voice. Don't be in church and keep your lips sealed. God wants to hear your voice. Now, I understand that your history and your, your, your education may deeply, deeply, yes, affect how you approach God. If, if you came from, if you had never known God, had never been to a church, uh, my prayer is that God will shape your approach to him appropriately. But, but if you came from a church where the people are silent, where they are not demonstrative, where they don't make utterances or anything, when you come to an environment where people are demonstrative, where when the preaching is going on, there's a reaction from the people. You may need to get accustomed to that. Do you understand me? You may need to get accustomed to that because, because part of our, our expression is part of our worship. You know, sometimes when I'm preaching sometimes and I feel no reaction from people, I almost want to walk down from here and put my hand under people's nose to see whether they are still breathing. You know? Expression is part of our worship. Let me put it that way. When worship is uttered from your mouth, it becomes the tool that expresses to God what is in your heart and in your soul. You know, you know, you know what comes out of your mouth is usually distilled from your heart and your soul. Do you know that? Do you know that? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever comes out of your mouth, I bet you often it is distilled from your heart, from your soul. Are we together? Are we together? I have a number of times heard people say things like, Pastor, uh, I love her. I, I, I love him. I love God. Uh, it's just that I don't say it. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. To powerfully and effectively worship God, use your mouth and declare your love to him. Are we together? Whenever you tell God you love him, you are worshiping him. Verbally expressing yourself to God is your worshiping him. Because worship involves verbalizing thankfulness for all that God has done. Worship is expressing gratitude to God for the blessings in your life. You always want to say thank you to somebody who is kind to you. Is it not? There's nobody that wants to do somebody a favor that never says thank you. Forget that we say you are doing to God. Nobody wants to do that. No one enjoys it. No one, no one, absolutely no one, I can tell you. And when God does something wonderful for us, when he does something wonderful for us, like when he wakes, up, wakes us up in the morning, when he allows us to put our feet to the ground, when we have the good sense to brush our teeth in the morning and come to church, 
we ought to say to God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God bless you. Some people are getting it. Because some people sit in church and are never involved in worship. They sit in silence and they miss the power of involvement in the, in the worship expression and in the worship experience. When we see sing songs that, that lavish praise on the name of the Lord, songs that, that, that declare God's attributes, it makes me wonder why some people don't open their mouths and don't get involved in that. Also, when they hear the sermon preached, there's no sound and no movement from them. Okay, I take that. But, but let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Imagine winning a ticket to the Olympics or to the World Cup, as a matter of fact. Okay, let me use this as a matter of fact. I had the rare, 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 rare privilege of attending the World Cup finals in 2014 in Brazil. It was between Germany and Argentina. When we entered the stadium, Maracana Stadium, and the match started, the entire place was supercharged. It was like there was electric in the air. The whole place was buzzing. Filled with excitement. Then, just imagine someone who won a ticket to such a tournament sitting in that stadium, sitting there, stone-faced, not moving, motionless, no outward expression, no joy in being there. Meanwhile, everybody around him is there having a lifetime experience. It was a lifetime experience, I tell you. I, I'm, not, I'm not so much of a football fan, but I tell you, it was a lifetime experience. Like I said, it seems like there was electric in the air. Everyone was hoping that their favorite team would win. <laughs> You know, people were busy talking, high-fiving when a player makes this move and all that. I can tell that if you dropped, if you dropped a microphone in the clusters of the gatherings to its drop on the conversations that people were having, I can bet you that absolutely no one in any of those clusters was discussing about their careers. No one was discussing about the money in their bank accounts. No one was discussing about their children. What were they all discussing? What was happening at the center of the pitch? They are focused and they are present in what was going on right before them. They were fully engaged fully, fully engaged in what is happening. Now, imagine sitting in church. Let me say that again. Imagine sitting in church, singing a song and cheering the master. Imagine sitting in church, singing a song that lifts up the splendor and the majesty of God. And you are not part of that experience. If we could, if an atmosphere could be electric, just cheering men that God gave breath, 
how much more the owner of the breath. There's this song that kept resonating as I was getting this message re- ready. Majesty Worship His Majesty Unto Jesus Be the glory, honor, and praise Oh, majesty to footballers, to basketballers, to entertainers, how could we not respond in worship? Worship to the one who is the savior of saviors, to the one who is above and beyond, above and beyond anything you can imagine, to a God who found you when you were in darkness and brought you into his marvelous light. Oh yes, that is the one we worship when we gather in church. The God who delivered you. This is the God who miraculously saved you in 2020 into 2021. When everybody was dying. It is easy for us to take this virus for granted. What it killed people. The God who miraculously kept you from dying. You had horrible friends. Friends, no, friends you did horrible things with in the past. Today they are no more, but today you are here. Some have dropped out on the way. Some look at you and they say, Lord, if only I can be like him. But you are still here. That's enough for you to say thank you. That you have breath is enough for you to say thank you. 
a cylinder of oxygen costs thousands. The same breath God has given you free. Never ever pass an opportunity to worship God. Never pass an opportunity to say thank you Lord. God watched over you when you were not watching for him. So, when the worship team is singing and drawing us closer to God, it is a grand opportunity for me, for you to say what? Thank you, Lord. Please, never sit in church and refuse to move your lips. He's here to be worshipped. We are created for his worship. Never pass that opportunity. Never. Worship is not just what we do on Sundays. Lifting up your voice to God empowers you. Worship is telling God what you think about him. Worship is about bragging about an awesome God. Church, listen to me. If you really want God to perform in your life, just start bragging on him. Telling him how good he is. Say things like, you are my way, when there was no way. You are the lifter of my head, the owner of my life, the managing director of my life. Say things like that to him. You are my way maker, my pathfinder. You are my joy. You are my glory. You are the lifter up of my head. Say words to him. You are my bridge over troubled waters. Use your mouth and serenade God. Jesus, you beat to me what no one has ever been to me. Not my father, not my mother, not my brothers, not my sisters. You have been faithful to me. You have been a friend. Even when I thought I had gotten to my end, you brought me back. I honor you, Lord. And there is none like you. Brethren, start doing that. And God will start showing up. You know why? Because God is seeking worshippers. That's what the scripture tells us in John chapter 4. God is seeking that kind of worshipper. Start bragging on God. And God will get into the middle of what is going on in your life. You see, the more you make God the centerpiece of your life, the bigger he gets. The bigger he gets and then he begins to do what? Overshadow all your problems. And that is what David meant when he said in Psalm 34 verse 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt him together. Can I ask you a question? How can you magnify an omnipresent God? You are not making him bigger. Do you know that when you take a magnifying glass and put it to your eyes, the object does not get bigger. It only gets clearer. 
Our lack of worship is not making God to be clear enough to us for who he is. We don't make God bigger. Our worship makes God clearer to us. That is why I say God does not need it, but he wants it. When you magnify God and God is getting bigger and clearer, what happens? What happens? You begin to lay a grip on this God that is bigger than your problems. And that way, you get rooted in God and in Christ. The reason we are shaken is because we see our problems bigger than God. So when we see our problems, we say, oh, this problem is going to kill me. Our God is not able to handle it. And then we are rooted out. That song says... I have made you so small in my eyes. Oh Lord, forgive me. I have believed in a lie that you, Lord, you are unable to help me. We are talking about being rooted as a Christian. That problems will not shake you. In this world, you will have persecution. But be of good cheer. Why? Because you have the God of gods. The creator of all things that were created. My desire for us is for each one of us to be rooted in Christ. My heart is broken all of the time when I see Christians who have little challenges and they fall out of the faith. Why? Because you don't see your God as bigger than your problems. Life happens. Life happens. And no, I tell you that you are a Christian does not exempt you from the storms of life. A tragedy that hurt all of us. Our daddy in the Lord lost his son, but we see how he is standing. Nothing has changed. That is what it means to be rooted. If you want a greater dimension of God, you cannot sit with your lips glued together. You cannot be aloof and expect to receive the move of God. It doesn't work that way. This is why we were taught as young believers that your praise level and your worship level should be higher than your prayer level. What's the point praying to a God you have no faith in? But when you praise and worship God, you see the bigness, the largeness, the might of God. Then you can pray to Him. Your praise level, your worship level should be higher on your prayer level. Listen to me. God is not your waiter. We are to wait on God. God is not your bellboy. If you want God and if you want what God has for you, you will have to break out of your comfort zone. You know, God said, when he started creating things, he did not form anything that would make him 
more God than he already was. I just created things that would acknowledge that I am God. That's all. We are not here to make God bigger than he is. No, that's not why he created us. He created us to acknowledge his lordship. I just created things that would tell me what I already was. And that is why we are his creation. He made us to worship him. He made us to give him honor and praise. Declare aloud this morning, I cannot be silent. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said declare it aloud. I cannot be silent. I cannot be silent when there's a chance to worship God. I cannot be silent. I will give you a chance. I will give you a chance. I will give you a chance to prove that now. There's a scripture. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, church. There's a scripture. There's a scripture that shows the unified force. That shows the force of unified worship. And that scripture is in Psalm 47 verse 1. It says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of crowd. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, listen to me. Listen to me. We are going to do that now. If everyone in this church this morning, if we all participate in this, if we all obey this scripture, we would feel the difference this morning. Are you with me? So let me read it again so we can obey it. Oh, clap your hands, all oh, you people. Clap your hands, all oh, you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto Him with a voice of triumph. Clap, all oh, ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. By the Alpha, by the Omega, you are the beginning, you are the last, you are the best. want you as I close. Imagine somebody walking up to me in church this morning and says to me, ah, pastor, I just some 10 minutes ago was having a conversation with Sister Joy and she told me she loves you. She told me you are a very kind man. She told me you are, are all in all. She told me that in her next life she would want to marry me again. As a matter of fact, you see, Pastor, she says she can't tell it to you. She said I should come and tell you. When the person starts saying, I say, stop, 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 stop. Why? No, I don't want to hear it from somebody else. I want to hear it from her. There is an erroneous hypothesis that you can love somebody and not say it. And that is an error. It's not true. That you can love somebody and not have to say it is very wrong. And here's the truthful reality. Love not expressed is love not known. And love not known is strangely close to no love at all. The Bible says that an open rebuke is better than secret love. Love must find expression. 
silent, unexpressed love doesn't give strength to the one who needs to hear it. Don't love your wife or love your husband and not say it. What a tragedy oftentimes it is to go to a wakekeeping and you see children, children of the person that passed on saying, I know my father loved me even though he never said it to me. That's a tragedy. Maybe it's a bit of an African culture, but it's not a good one. Love that is not expressed is a love that is not known. Even though God knows what is in your heart, yet he gave you a voice to say it. He wants to hear it. Because what you say to his ears is what he will do. Not what you think in your heart. Being rooted as a Christian or being rooted in Christ, let beginning from now be an expressive group of people. Let our worship be vibrant. Let our praise be ecstatic. You have come before the God of the whole earth, the governor of nations. You want God to arise for you? Worship him. I want to sing this song. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and meaning to life because he made you when you find Jesus you will find yourself we are in his image I want to give you an opportunity this morning to yield your life to him nothing to be ashamed about I surrendered on a particular day my life to him and God may have made today such that you will be in church today to hear this message. Your surrendering your life to him might be the beginning of your act of worship to him. Your yielding your life to him is saying, God, I cannot control my life by myself, but I know you can. Come and take control. Is there anyone here who wants to take that decision? Is there anyone I want you to wave your hand? Just wave it at me. 
Just wave it up and say, Jesus. Or perhaps you are here, you want to rededicate your life to Him. Oh, you know you have strayed. You have strayed from the place of worship. You have strayed from the place of communion with Him. And you want to come back. I just want you to wave that hand. Wave it to me. Wave it to me. And I just want to pray with you. Just a few seconds. There you are. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's get that song again. church, this morning we have lifted up our voices asking that we be your worship asking that we be your praise Father beginning from today make us a company of expressive Christians who magnify your name and exalt your name who praise you and lift up your name because you deserve our worship you are worthy to be praised, worthy to be honored, worthy to be exalted, for you are, you are God all by yourself. In a class of your own, there is none like you. Thank you, Father, for all you have done for us, all you are doing for us, and all that are yet to be made manifest. Let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen. The Lord bless you. Amen. The Lord protect you. Amen. The Lord make his face to shine on you. Amen. The Lord be merciful and gracious to you. Amen. The Lord lift the light of his countenance towards you. Amen. And give you his peace. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Shall we share the grace in fellowship together? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all of the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Workers, wait a, minute, uh, wait a while.
fire, I will meet with you. Uh, 